the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello and welcome to another edition of Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. I'm Mike Trout. Have you ever had a message come at you from several different directions and stop and think, you know what, perhaps the Lord is trying to say something to me? Well, this is just such a message. If He provides for our needs today, He will provide for our needs tomorrow. Therefore, there's no value in worrying about tomorrow. Because tomorrow, God will provide for our needs. Worrying about tomorrow doesn't help either today or tomorrow. In fact, if anything, it robs us of our effectiveness today, which means we're going to be less effective tomorrow. It's cumulative. Pastor Layton wraps up the third message in his series on the Sermon on the Mount, picking up in chapter 6, around verse 25. Our spiritual condition affects our physical condition and vice versa. Science has connected stress, which is an emotional part of our emotional aspect, with ulcers, which is part of our physical, and so forth. And what he's saying is, is that worry doesn't contribute to either the quality of life because it detrimentally affects our health, nor the quantity of life because it doesn't make life longer, and it quite possibly could make it a bit shorter. There's no benefit. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field and how they grow, and they neither toil nor spin. And yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So he's speaking about flowers as one who loved them, and that would make sense since he created them. God loves what he created. And these flowers that he's speaking of, I was told in, in my studies that they're like scarlet poppies that grow, and, they, and they're only around for a day or so. But they're absolutely spectacular in their beauty. And what he's saying is these flowers are more beautiful than the robes that Israel's wealthiest king wore. And yet, they were destined to be used as for the fires of the ovens. It doesn't take a great theologian to figure out that God takes care of his creation. And if he provides for the rest of his creation, don't you suppose he'll provide for us? You know, if we worry, we're actually slandering God in regard to his wisdom and knowledge and power and goodness and providential care. Let's not slander God. Verse 31, Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles, the godless Gentiles, seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. And so what Jesus is saying here is, worry is characteristic of godless heathen. Now everybody has a god. In the case of the heathen, it's not the real god. It's a manufactured god. It might be a stone, or it might be a stick, or it might be something else. But 
obviously they can't put a lot of trust in a stick or a stone or whatever it is that they, they, they have manufactured as their God. And, and to, to worry is acting like a heathen. And it's inappropriate for people who know the eternal, unchanging, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-wise, all-loving, completely just and perfectly holy, sovereign ruler and sustainer of the universe, and have the privilege of addressing God Almighty as our Father. You know, some, for some of us, I was talking with somebody just recently, that's a stumbling block. Because their father wasn't a very good father. And I'll tell you, there are no perfect fathers. At least earthly fathers. My dad was a good dad, but he wasn't perfect. I tried to be a good dad. I wasn't perfect. My son and my son-in-law both are trying to be great dads, and they're not perfect. There's only one perfect father. That's our heavenly father. So we've got to be careful not to allow that word father to be a stumbling block for us. We need to understand that he's the perfect heavenly father who knows what we need before we do. And he takes care of us. Verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. And so he's giving us here a way to defeat worry. And he gives us another in the verse that follows. And, and what he's saying here is you, us, us as disciples need to really settle this question of priorities. Our priorities need to be different from those around us, the godless heathen around us. Their priorities tend to be comfort and security and wealth and those kinds of things. Our priority needs to be the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And we are commanded to make this our priority. To seek his righteousness means to seek to live as God requires of us, to fill our thoughts with his thoughts, our desires with his desires, and to choose and seek to serve and obey him and everything, in everything. Worry is the opposite of contentment, which the way we should be, we should be content. We should be able to say, as Paul said, I have learned to be content. You know, we can learn to be content if we choose to. I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with humble means, and I know how to live in prosperity. And in any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both having an abundance and suffering need. I have learned. We can learn to be content. And if we learn to be content and we seek his kingdom and his righteousness, then Jesus tells us that all of these necessities are going to be added, that God is going to provide. And that's why we have the therefore at the beginning of the next verse. Because of this, therefore, and he provides us another, uh, another way uh, to overcome worry, which is by focusing on, on today, today. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And so he says, therefore, he's following the argument established by the previous verse. 
Since the preceding is true, then it doesn't make any point in worrying about tomorrow. God provides our needs. He has just said. God doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he provides for our needs today, he will provide for our needs tomorrow. Therefore, there's no value in worrying about tomorrow. Because tomorrow, God will provide for our needs. Worrying about tomorrow doesn't help either today or tomorrow. In fact, if anything, it robs us of our effectiveness today, which means we're going to be less effective tomorrow. It's cumulative. And we waste time and we waste energy worrying about tomorrow. And that's the energy that we need and the time that we need to worry about whatever it is we need to worry about today. When I say worry about, I don't mean worry about. There is a difference between worry and planning for the future. Worry for the future and planning for the future. Planning for the future is time well spent, well invested. But worrying about the future is time wasted. And sometimes it's difficult for us to tell the difference. Careful planning is thinking ahead about goals and steps and schedules and trusting in God's guidance. And when that is done well, planning actually helps alleviate worry. It's good to plan. It's not good to worry. Worriers are consumed by fear. And that makes it difficult for them to trust in God. They're Planning, their, their, their fears actually interfere with their relationship with God. So to summarize, our relationship to wealth should be such that we trust in God and are committed to His kingdom and righteousness. That we need not therefore hoard for the purpose of some kind of sense of security, which ultimately is a false security anyway. And the fruit of such an attitude is going to be freedom from anxiety or worry about our daily needs. Isaiah said it well long ago. Thou dost keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. If we give him first place in our life and we get our priorities right, Jesus has promised that all of these things are going to be added to us. God's going to take care of our need. So, your homework for this week, should you choose to accept it, love that line, is to begin every morning with at least 10 minutes of considering, thinking about the goodness of God and thanking Him for all of the good things that He has done in your life. That's going to get your day started well. And then all throughout the day, I want you to intentionally learn how to engage in a continual conversation with God. All throughout the day. Pray without ceasing is the way the scripture. All through the day, be talking with God about everything. Now, I've had people come up to me and say, you know, I I was thinking about praying for this item. and, And I was wondering, you know, is this too small for God? People think there's something too small for God. Okay. The best answer to that reservation that people have that I've ever heard is this. Is anything too big for God? And the obvious answer to that is to God, 
big or small, is irrelevant. We shouldn't be saying, well, I can't, this is too small. No. Talk to God continually. As you do that, you're going to become increasingly aware of the faithfulness and the presence of the Lord with you. As that happens, you're going to have less of a tendency to go into the worry mode and instead go into the praying mode. You've been listening to a daily visit from Pastor Leighton Sheely of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. We call it Study Verse by Verse. And the website for the church, Church of the Highlands, is highlands.us. We move into a new message tomorrow, continuing in the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew chapter 7. Now, God doesn't forbid our judging wrong and evil actions, as we will see. The point is that if you are harsh with your, in your judgments of others, you'll be known as the type of person who is severe in his considerations of others. I, I know this type of person. And I'm sure you do also. And perhaps someone has said to you, don't pay any attention to what he says. He never has a good word to say. You see, he is being judged by the way he judges. Judge not lest ye be judged. Join us tomorrow for more from Pastor Leighton Sheely as we open the Word of God once again and study verse by verse.